0: Happy Tuesday, everyone! Thank you for listening. As always, we have a great interview today with Nicole Gibbons from Claire Paint. Uh, before that, really excitingly, we added a newsletter input to the website. So uh, I just want to check and see if if a newsletter would be something you all would be interested in. I'm thinking it would be about on a monthly cadence. Uh, you know, some consumer insights, some polling. Uh, some interesting articles and maybe some exclusive content, maybe even some video content. Would that be too crazy uh, for the newsletter subs? But anyway, if you're interested in you just can 't get enough of the pod, uh, I would love to put together a pretty uh, intentional, nice uh, consumer newsletter that'll go out about monthly. So please making the brand.co it'll take you like twelve seconds. Go to the website, click the opening splash and you'll see the email input for the newsletter. Go do it, love you.
1: Every other paint company sounds really masculine. Um, It's like, you know, these big burly names that sound like a man wearing a plaid shirt. And so I wanted it to sound feminine, friendly, approachable, I wanted it to represent something that tied back to the idea of color.
0: Welcome everybody to the Making the Brand podcast. My name is Billy Draper. I work in early stage venture capital. And on this show, we're going to be talking about brands. We'll talk to founders and leaders of growing consumer companies that are finding ways to stand out, differentiate, and delight their customers. On today's show, we have Nicole Gibbons, founder and CEO of Claire Paint. She teaches us about disrupting the long-standing paint world with the direct-to-consumer option. So, today on the show, we have a very special guest, Nicole Gibbons, uh, the founder and CEO of Claire. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Billy.
0: So, to start out, what is Claire?
1: Claire is a modern way to buy paint. We are an online-only paint company. We launched um, at the end of, or in the summer of twenty eighteen, and uh, we make shopping for paint a much easier and in- inspiring experience than uh, than the traditional traditional way to buy paint, which is going to the hardware store.
0: And how did you end up in the direct-to-consumer paint business?
1: Yeah, it's funny long-winded story. I uh, I started out working in retail, so I uh, I was global director of PR for a huge omnichannel retail chain, um, and that was sort of um, in the days where e-commerce became really big, and you know um, the the brick-and-mortar world started to experience a lot of change. While in that job, I also started pursuing my passion on the side for interior design. I grew up with the mom in the business, and always loved design. So I started a blog. I started a side hustle design business and really quickly realized that that's what I was passionate about. So fast forward um, uh, to, to leaving that job, starting my own design firm. My goal was not just to be designing people's homes and running a design firm. It was really to build a brand. At the time, I was really inspired by the Martha Stewart business model. So I knew that. The, the natural extension of my brand would be physical products. And so I kept kind of think I kept thinking about the kind of business that I would want uh, to create in the home space. I knew that I wanted to create a, a company that would help people make their homes beautiful because that was always my mission as a designer. Um, but then, you know, I saw this transformation happening in the world of the home space. Like, you know, um, it, it, it's a very, uh, across all categories, the home industry is pretty archaic. And I saw a lot of opportunity for innovation. And I had this light bulb moment around paint I realized it was a really painful product to shop for um, the, the customer journey was really cumbersome and I saw a lot of opportunity to simplify the process and make pink shopping uh, much easier.
0: And you, you skipped over the fact that you were a, a, a it sounds like an incredibly successful and talented interior designer is was it how, what was it like making the leap into entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because both my parents were entrepreneurs and my dad especially always instilled in me from from a young girl, this idea that I should have my own business someday. So even when I worked in corporate America, I knew that I would have have a business next. Um, And so it was a it was an awesome transition because I went from like working nine to five working for the man to like, Creating my own path and following my passion, which is both exhilarating and scary at the same time. Um, But I think there's nothing more exciting than to 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 do something that you're truly passionate about and to be able to turn that into career. So it was really fun. Um, I got to you know obviously help a lot of people with their homes. Um, You're you're right in that I glazed over it, but you know I really built my business. You know pursuing a few different parallel paths. So one was this design firm, and the other was being a personality. So I really wanted to, like I mentioned, kind of follow the Martha model, which meant I pursued television and um, really worked to position myself as an authority and an expert in the home space. So in addition to being frequently tapped by all the lifestyle magazines and morning shows you know, for, for segments and, and, and expert advice, I also appeared on a DIY decorating show on the Oprah Winfrey Network for three seasons. So yeah, I had a great career. It was really fun. I worked on a lot of really exciting projects. But... But, um, you know, ultimately, I still had this inner drive to do something bigger and do something on a scale that was like, you know, much more mass. And um, and so all of that led me to, to launching Claire.
0: Do you still do any of the interior design or TV stuff?
1: no I joke that I'm retired <laughs> although I'm not I I've, I've somehow as a startup CEO I'm ha- busier than I ever have been um, but uh, no I um, sadly don't have any bandwidth to operate my design firm anymore but I still get to flex my design muscles through Claire um, and uh, you know I think down the road will you'll, you'll still be seeing me here and there um, on television on behalf of Claire so excited about uh, what the future has in, in store
0: okay so you come up with this concept And you think, okay, my background is perfect for this. This is something I'm passionate about. I want to make it dead simple. You know, the current experience is so clunky uh, to get paint, to match paint, whatever it is. Um, How do you, what's the first step there when you say, I want to do this full time?
1: Yeah, so... um I knew that I had a ton to learn so like step one was learning the ins and outs of paint both as a product like formulation, chemistry and all of that. Um, learning the ins and outs of the paint industry. I knew enough just from being a designer and, and working with different paint brands and also like I did a lot of work as an influencer so I've actually had an opportunity to work with other paint brands in the past and so I knew enough about the industry but I really um, knew that I needed to, to dive much deeper so I think the for early phase was just doing a ton of marketing research you know studying the incumbents in the space you know understanding what the margin structure looked like for paint um you know learning all about how the product is developed and um uh, you know, sort of working on like the specifications for what I felt our paint formula needed to look like, both in terms of performance attributes and also some of the like more eco friendly attributes. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of research, a mix of Google, talking to people, going to trade shows, like sitting down with people people from you know chemical companies and um, you know it was a huge learning experience Um, and then from there um, I put together um, uh, you know financial model I put together I like I hired um, a designer to help me with some conceptual branding and some conceptual packaging designs I really wanted to um, I knew that I wanted to raise capital and so in absence of having a business live and up and running I really wanted to create um, a sense of what the brand would be so mocked up like what web pages would look like on our website and, um, you know, what our, what our product and packaging would look like and put together materials. And then, um, you know, I'd say like, I started the process with the research at the top of 2017. And then by the fall, I was like, I had all of the like branding work and, um, you know, kind of the, the financial stuff together and went out and, and, and pitched VCs and, and raised capital to, um, be able to build this business, um, so yeah, it was quite a journey. It was, um, you know, people always say like, oh, it happened overnight, but it really, it took me a year and, you know, like from start to finish, like from like, like I think the money hit the bank, like the week before Christmas or something is <laughs> when I closed the round, and I scaled back my other business. I stopped taking on projects. I lived off of savings. It was definitely um, a sacrifice and a risk that I took to build this, but um, here I am and, and things are going really well.
0: And how did you come up with the name Claire?
1: so yeah the good question um interestingly I, it's funny I always talk about the origin of the name but I've never told this part so I'll, I'll tell you the name first so Exclusive
0: I, Usuf, Usuf.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I knew that I wanted the name to sound feminine because every other paint company sounds really masculine um it's like, you know, these big burly names that sound like a man wearing a plaid shirt. And so I wanted it to sound feminine, friendly, approachable. I wanted it to represent something that tied back to the idea of color. So Claire comes from this Latin root word, claris, that means bright and brilliant. And there was a lot of wordplay there, um, both in terms of being innovative and color and all of that. But when I was thinking of names, um, really early on in the process, I was putting together like a one pager and I didn't have a name for the business. And so I literally just started Started with like baby name research, you know, we're doing, um, you can do like reverse lookups of name meanings um, uh, on different random websites that people use to name their kids. <laughs> so I was typing in all of these things like color and bright and brilliant and whatever. And Claire came back. Um, and I it started off as a working title. So it was like, kind of like the Fake code name for the business before I thought of a real name. And then by the time the business started to gel, you know, we created all of this sample branding with the name Claire and, you know, the website mock up. And when I started talking to people and calling it Claire, people really liked the name and it kind of just stuck. So that's the part I don't think I've ever talked about, but it, it literally started off just being a working name that wasn't really meant to be the brand's name, but it, it ended up being the perfect name.
0: Yeah, it worked out. It's very approachable. It's simple. It's relatively short. It's one syllable. I, yeah, I think it it, it matches. Whatever you're yeah. going for, I think it <laughs> matches.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and how you mentioned that you did some branding work before, or you had some branding work, done before you started raising money how how have you funded the business to date how have you uh sort of kept the lights on and and you know fulfilled that first order and all those things
1: yeah well all that was so was vc so i raised two million dollars at the end of at, at the end of 2017 um so and we launched in july of 2018 so um up until 20 up until raising capital i definitely spent you know a, a, a lot of my own capital, like getting things going, you know, working on branding and packaging and, um, you know, basic web designs and wireframes and, you know, some other R and D type stuff. Um, but ultimately, um, the money that I raised, um, uh, from VC is what I used to, to launch the business and what's still keeping the lights on today.
0: And how, how many people do you have now?
1: Uh, we're a team of six. So, yeah, tiny but mighty and and growing.
0: That's we're great. hiring. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, grow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, grow slow. I mean, that pick pick good people, I guess I should say. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: how one of the things I'm curious about with your business is is color selection. So you so one of the things I've had this challenge, I'm sure many renters and owners of homes have had this challenge where you move into a place. And you spend at least a day, maybe multiple days, trying to figure out what color is on your wall and whether you need to fill in some paint, whether you need to repaint it. Um, When you're going out there and you picked, how many colors do you offer?
1: Yeah, so we offer 55 colors. So Um, how did you pick those colors? Yeah, so I, it's it's interesting, C- color choice was really the number one pain point we wanted to solve for consumers. Um, it's really like a typical brand has 3000 colors on average. Um, and so but but the real secret is that if you ask any designer, no designer is choosing from 3000 colors, they already have a tightly curated roster of colors that they go to over and over for projects. Um, and as a designer, I kind of knew that like, I you know, that's the approach we should take for customers to cut through the clutter. and. And make the process easier so instead of offering you every color under the sun a million of which you'll never pick um, the goal was to offer only the best colors so I really thought about every use case in a home from like painting a child's room an infant's room a teens room bathroom bedroom master bedroom you know and like what are the most universally appealing colors? that covered the range of color families um, and uh you know and started a process from like a a wider range of about 600 colors and over the process of probably about four months or so ultimately narrowed them down uh to 55 and we're actually in the process of launching a campaign right now to to have our fans and customers choose our next color so soon we'll have 56 colors um and it's been a fun process we started with with six colors that we pre-curated and And then we, um, you know, we asked our fans and customers to vote on which color should end up in our palette. Um, And then, uh, you know, we just recently we kicked off the process to help name the color. Um, And in about a month or so, probably in May, um, that color will be for sale and it'll be completely, um, you know, developed with our fans and customers as sort of co-collaborators.
0: Does it look like, is there a winner yet of the competition or does it look like there's one that everyone is voting on?
1: yeah so essentially where where we are now is it's down to two colors, and so we're asking for uh, final votes and name submissions. and then um we won't tell everybody what the final color is until it launches. so oh, thats is it yeah. pu- is
0: it public right now what the two finalists are?
1: yeah, it's um it's an airy light blue okay. and uh, a really vibrant shade of teal. Um, okay. so those are the final two, yeah.
0: I'll 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 come up with a name by the end of this podcast. Yeah, um, oh yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll throw enough. my my hat in the ring. Um, and and how do you? So you mentioned the competition. It also you know it sounds like uh, burly man names. There's the 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 Benjamin Moore, the Sherwin Williams, um, and then there are a handful of startups going after the direct to consumer model as well. What how do you how do you manage competition? How do you think about it?
1: Yeah, so we know, knew going into it b- before we launched that competition w- was inevitable. We saw that with lots of other categories in direct consumer that, um, you know, that were interesting. So people, you saw that with glasses and mattresses, you know, there's one leader and then, you know, a ton of companies that follow. Um, so we knew that there'd be competitors after us, but we don't really think a ton about the competition. We really think more about our customer Um Because, you know, I just think that like, I have my vision for this company. And then, and if I'm too busy worrying about what others are doing, I'm going to lose sight of what really matters, which is reaching the people that really love our brand and, um, and connecting with new customers who we think will love our brand. So we're just super focused on that. Um, but I'd say in general, it's just like establishing a point of differentiation. And I think one thing that sets us apart from any competitor out in the market is our design expertise, right? We are a designer-led company, and paint is a design decision that people make in their homes. Most people don't have the fortune to be working with an interior designer or a design authority, and we really bring that into the process, and that really helps give people confidence in their color choice. So I like to say that where we're our customers design BFF anything they need, whether it's help with color, tips on how to apply the paint, you know, we, we're here for them and we provide them with lots of tips, tools, and resources throughout our customer journey. Um, that really makes, the, you know, reduces all of those different friction points. Um, and and I think that's what, um, what, what really sets us apart. But, you know, we're super focused on our customers, which is why we're involving them in the process of naming our next color. Like, we, d- we don't want to dictate trends. Every other paint, brand has like a color of the year and they're basically telling you this is the color you should buy and this is the color that you should create you know believe is a trend and we're letting our customers decide that you know so um yeah i think that's that's our point of view on on competition and 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 we're just really focused on our customers
0: one of the one of the challenges i would see in your business and and correct me if i'm wrong would be the um you know, you, you go and buy paint maybe every three or four years, or I, I, maybe this is, this could just be my own experience, but maybe I find myself painting a wall every call it every three years. And it's hard to not only retain a customer, but also like continue to have that customer relationship, continue to delight that customer. How do you, how do you handle your customer relationships in the times where you aren't necessarily selling them paint?
1: Yeah, well, email is huge. um, And I think that's also another advantage that we have over a lot of the incumbents is like they can't speak to their customer. You go to a, a big box store and take a paint chip off the wall. They have no no way to know who you are or to follow up with you. And, you know, we own all of our customer data. So um, we we can speak to you throughout the year at all of the times when you're most likely to paint. And I think, um, you know, email is a, a really big part of um, of maintaining relationships with our customer, as is having a really strong social presence. A lot of our customers discover us through social media and are connecting with us and, and engaging with us on social. So inspiring them throughout. Um, Uh, is also something that we do. And then from a content perspective, you know, we're creating a lot of really high quality content that's focused on home and lifestyle and that inspires people with ideas for stylish living so that they have a reason to come back for our site, come back to our site rather, even when they're not necessarily in the market for paint. Um, But then we also look at we, we have different segments of customers. So while our average sort of, we, we refer to them as DIYers and those are the people who are either painting themselves or hiring a painter, but ultimately they're doing their own purchasers. When we, we look at our DIY customers as one segment and they might have somewhat of a lower purchase frequency. Um, but, uh, we also um, have interior designers and contractors and and architects as customers as well. and they actually have a, a pretty significant um, repeat purchase rate and and you know and and value to us as customers as well. so do,
0: um, do you think you would um could you see yourself broadening your product offering down the road?
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think like again, we're looking to our customers to to let us know where the gaps are. Right. And, you know, there's definitely other categories of paint that we're not in currently. We launched with a pretty lean assortment. Um, you know, it's interior paint only right now. Um, so there's definitely a lot of room to expand our assortment. I think we'll never overwhelm our customers with too many colors, but there's there's definitely certain categories of paint um, that we don't offer that we that we can and hope to down the line. And, um, you know, just even more variety in terms of sizes and, and things like that. But, you know, as a, as a small startup, you've got to start lean and and start somewhere and then you know really um get the data that you need to make those sorts of product decisions
0: is there any in in your research before you started the business did you come across any data that showed that there's an increased rate of change in in interior design because of the sort of instagramification of the world i imagine this would be like a, i bet people are actually painting their walls more frequently than they would have 10 12 years ago
1: that's so funny i mean i don't have any like data points on that. But I can say anecdotally, particularly being that I have always been an influencer in the design space, you know, with the rise of platforms like Instagram, people are, um, you know, really um, keen on sharing lots of different aspects of their lives with their fans and followers, and that includes their home. So I think people care a lot about making sure their home is really presentable. And I think a younger customer Um, uh, you know, is kind of taking a nod to like old school tradition and like loves entertaining and having people over and people are sharing all of those moments on Instagram. So I definitely think people care about uh, their homes and not just being in a beautiful home that uh, sparks joy to steal a a phrase from Rhea Kondo, but also a home that they are excited to share with others and feel proud to, um, you know, to put out there to the world. So, Yeah.
0: And along the same lines, have you found any challenges with, um, I guess, something to consider when you are selling direct-to-consumer versus going into a store, feeling the paint, looking at the paint, looking at it on a wall, is the digital rendering of the paint color might be slightly different from how it looks on the wall. Every company that sells things online deals with a form of this. Do you? How do you solve that problem?
1: Yeah, so paint is one of the categories where, you know, no matter what, most people will sample a color before they buy it. So most people aren't going to a website and like just clicking and buying the paint. Some people do, but a lot of people don't want to get that decision wrong. And so they they sample colors. And we've made sampling a color in your home so easy. Um, The old school way required you to go and buy a little liquid jar of paint, cheapy tools, go home and literally paint the swatches onto your wall, which is like, manual labor, it's messy we developed a peel and stick color swatch. So it's a, it's a square swatch that's large scale and you peel it off kind of like a sticker, you stick it on your wall and you can see exactly what the color looks like in one step with no mess. Um, And they're repositionable. So you can move them around the room and test them under different lights um, without damaging your walls. And um, that's one way that we really solve for that. So no matter what, we always encourage customers to sample a color because we never want them to be disappointed. And to your point, depending on the screen that you have in the monitor and how old your computer is the colors can look very different from um you know depending on your device and so we encourage sampling and most people want to sample a color anyway and and um you know that's one of the ways that we 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 make the process of paint shopping easier is just by making the sampling process really easy
0: um yeah i've i have had the worst i have had the worst version of this i was um we repainted a piece of our of our house and we i think i went to the paint store four times to get different different samples feel like a moron that i got the wrong sample go back okay i and then eventually i just chipped a piece out of the wall brought it in (laughs) had to color match it but this was like four sample cans later all different varieties of just such a just such a minimal difference to your point about 55 colors is enough to sort of cover the world uh yeah we were definitely working within just a a, a very broad spectrum of different whites. And so it was just incredibly frustrating. Oh, I put it on the wall. And why is it a different color than this room is? And so I think the stick-on would have saved me a lot of hassle.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also the simplified colors. You want something as simple as a white, you go anywhere else. And there's literally more than 100 whites to choose from. Right buying white paint should be really easy um, but everywhere else it's not Um, and so like even with when it comes to curated colors we like made white paint so simple we have a cool white a warm white a clean white with no undertones and then like a true off-white and that's it Um, and they're the most beautifully curated shades of white You, you know you don't have to like you know, haggle over a hundred choices. We we just make it really, really easy.
0: Yeah. That's why your customers naming the color is also a great responsibility because the name, when you're dealing with, let's say you get into, I don't know, close to a hundred colors, even it starts to get enough so that people can be complicated by one color or another. And so when you're naming a color, it's so, it's so important because I remember there was something called cloud white. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that sounds, you know, it's sort of like this off gray white kind of thing. I bet the cloud white is right. And then I go and it's nothing like what I had expected. Yeah. And so the name actually does play a huge part in that. And it's very difficult to get there for the brand. and, and, And just for fun, it should be like a fun sounding catchy name. But then it should also do a great job of representing the actual color.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we had so much fun with naming our, one of our best selling whites is called fresh kicks and that's the clean, bright white. So it's like your fresh pair of sneakers straight out the box.
0: That's a great um, name
1: yeah yeah we had a lot of fun we wanted to give the names personality and um you know like i feel like other paint names are so boring and we wanted to not be boring so we we had a lot of fun we we have some names inspired by beyonce and cardi b and like <laughs> we've got a color called money moves and lemonade so we definitely uh you know put a lot of uh personality into the names
0: yeah that's got to be one of the most fun parts of the job is it, and now you're outsourcing it to your customers but that's also like I bet you had a lot of fun with those colors, and I bet the customers really appreciate them. It's like,
1: yeah, yeah. Do
0: I want cloud white or do I want fresh kicks? Uh, I think I want fresh kicks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent.
0: How do you think about you? So, as you said, you or as you mentioned, you are a, 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 an interior design influencer uh, across social media. How has that part of your life changed, or has it changed at all since you've become an entrepreneur on Claire?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed being a startup CEO is intense. So I don't have as much time to like, connect with people. You know, I used to post on Instagram every single day, I think I've probably posted 12 times all year, like, if that, like, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, But I think I'm still accessible, you know, through the Claire Instagram, I'm like, you know, I pipe in whenever a customer shares uh, a photo I always like comment or drop an emoji so I'm still present um, just you know in a in a less active way but um, yeah, where, and I, and oh, again, yeah I was just gonna say through Claire too I'm still an active voice so you know I'm always like still giving design advice and and just rather that be instead of that being through my own channels I'm doing that through Claire
0: and where are you based are you in New York
1: yeah we're in new york
0: oh great how do you how do you like new york as a startup city
1: it's awesome. I think I just read something recently that said New York has been recently voted like the number one place for for startups. Um, you know, it's there's just so much here in terms of industry, I think particularly for consumer startups, because there's so many consumer companies based here. Um, so there's great talent. Um, you know, like I, I might be biased, uh, but, you know, like the line from uh, Hamilton, like New York's the greatest city in the world. So, um, you know, we're, our office is in a really fun neighborhood called Nomad. And it's like literally nothing but startups everywhere. So like, you know, any day of the week I can like quickly grab coffee with another founder whose office is like right around the corner. And I don't
0: yeah, know. I, I think it's great. I, I don't know if you're a cheeseburger person, but there's a great restaurant called Upland that's in Nomad. That's delicious. If you oh have my a God. Burger.
1: I don't know about this, but I am putting it on my lunch list because I need a more option. So I'll definitely be checking that one
0: out. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend the, uh, let's see. What else did I have to ask? So looking down the road, w- you know, try to I know as an entrepreneur, it's, it's hard not to live sort of day to day and what are the problems I'm dealing with to- today and tomorrow and how do we get through this month, this quarter. But um, what would you what do you picture Claire to be in the next three to five years?
1: Yeah, I mean, our goal is to become a dominant player in the market. Um, You know, right now we're still a small startup, but in three to five years, we want everybody to know who Claire is. We want everybody to know that Fresh Kicks is the best white paint. We want, you know, we want to have um, significant brand awareness and and just be top of mind for consumers. I think what we're doing in this really old industry, the the paint industry is centuries old and has never changed. So we are pioneering a whole new way to shop for paint. And if you think about some of the other industries in direct consumer that really really kind of cut through like I think mattresses is the best example because before the caspers of the world no one ever thought about buying a mattress online it was like you had to go in the store and sleep on it like or lay on it there's no other way and literally like buying a mattress online is the norm now my 74 year old dad just bought a mattress online so That's awesome. You know, I think like what what those companies and what that uh, the change that has occurred in that industry over the course of five years, you know, five years ago, there was one incumbent in the mattress space that dominated. And five years later, that incumbent is going bankrupt and Casper's opening 200 stores. So there's so much potential, I think, that we have. Um, And I'm just really, really excited about where we're headed.
0: Okay, now we're going to get into some fun ones. Um, What's something on your bucket list?
1: For Claire or for li- in life? For life. Well, um, like I think my life is so hectic right now. My bucket list is kind of sad. I just need a vacation. I have not taken a proper vacation in so long. Um, you is know, there is pretty-
0: there somewhere specific you would go?
1: just the beach any beach it's it's simple now like I just need to not be working you know 18 hour days for like I just need like three days so that's on my near term bucket list um and yeah yeah that's that's what I'm focused on right now okay time off
0: I'll let you off the hook there that seems reasonable. (laughs) if you could choose anyone in the world to represent Claire let's say you got a 30 or 60 second Super Bowl spot uh who would it be and why
1: beyonce because she's amazing uh, i'm Wait. obsessed with her like beehive all day long um it, it, so i don't know what she'd do but like she
0: already has beyonce. a color
1: <laughs> yeah she has two we named the color blue ivy and lemonade oh so. yeah, yeah she's gonna have a
0: whole line by the time she gets involved <laughs> with this company yeah
1: yeah
0: uh beyonce if you're listening as always just uh it sounds like there's there's some a deal to be made What's Uh, up, B? Holler at me. (laughs) (laughs) And if you weren't running Claire, what would you be doing?
1: Uh, If I weren't running Claire, I'd probably still be running my design firm. I love, you know, helping people create beautiful spaces like that's the the career the path that I chose I'm still doing that through through Claire and I think if I weren't launching this business I'd still be doing that in some way so um you know who knows maybe it's some other category in the home space I might have tackled but it'd still be related to home because that's that's it's been a lifelong passion so yeah
0: and lastly anything to plug is it claire.com c-l-a-r-e
1: correct yeah check us out at claire.com it's it's like spring season so time to refresh your home lots of people are moving into new homes in the spring so if you need paint come check us out follow us on instagram at claire paint c-l-a-r-e and yeah we're and excited go, to vote,
0: it. go vote on the name of this color because i did not as promised i did not come up with a color by the end of this podcast but i will yeah. if i do i'll send you an email <laughs> the, right, um, sounds good. i really appreciate you coming on thank you so much nicole and um yeah have a have a great rest of your day rest of your week
1: thanks so much for having me you too bye bye.
0: thank you everyone so much for listening if you just can't get enough of the pod please go to makingthebrand.co sign up for our monthly newsletter we will not spam your inbox we will make sure that all of the newsletters are awesome it only goes out once a month uh consumer insights exclusive content everything you want, but don't get from the pod. Um, I really appreciate it. So if you're interested, please co add your email address. Uh, it really means a lot to me. So uh, I appreciate it. And as always, I appreciate you
1: listening. Love you all.